that I know I'm blessed beyond measure simply because I'm able to stand here this morning. You know, I know a lot of people that never made it to my age that I grew up with. And I often wonder, I'm kind of like Beardy in this sense, I wonder why he left me here. But I'm glad he did. I'm glad he left me here for you to see me. I know it's a blessing to you just to get the look upon this. I know that you just want to praise God that you're able this morning to raise your hands in the house of God. That song, I'll Be Back, has always been special to me. You know one day that's going to be a reality. We may be in the very last moments of time right now. We may not really realize how close God is to closing up shop taking us home, amen, and getting us out of this mess. And I look around at bombings that's killing innocent people, and I say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, amen. I know that it's going to get worse before it ever gets better. I know that for a fact because the Word of God said that. And if God's Word said that, it'll come true. I, I had a thought this week of looking toward. You know how many times that's in the Bible? I don't. But it's a lot. Where they were looking toward Jerusalem and praying. They were looking toward this or looking toward that. And I wanted to preach that this morning, but God changed my mind and gave me a message on heaven. Heaven is a place that a lot of people are not going. I hate to say that this morning, but there's a lot of folks sitting on church pews this morning that heaven will not be their home. Simply because they're on a church pew doesn't make them saved. Uh, Even if they're singing, it doesn't make them saved. Even if they're preaching, it does not make them saved. I had opportunity this week to talk to a gentleman about his soul. He's in his 70s, and I I love this man. I I love him dearly. And he never would give a straight answer. He'd say, yes, I'm ready. Yes, I know him. I believe I'm going. But he never would tell me he'd ever called on the name of the Lord to be saved. And I thought about I'd hate to miss heaven simply because I haven't called upon the name of the Lord. You can be a good man, good moral man, good daddy, good husband, good father, grandfather, great-grandfather, and still miss heaven. Heaven is a place that we ought to have a desire. Look in John 14 this morning, starting in verse number 1. Pray for my voice. Pray for me. I need a Holy Ghost touch. Now I want to tell you something. I've done claimed healing. It ain't come yet, but I've done claimed it. You say, preacher, how can you do that? By the word. He said, by his stripes I am healed. Amen. It may not show up today or tomorrow, but it's coming. Amen. I wish it'd come on. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. 
In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way. Are you with me? Say amen. The truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father and it suffices us. Father, help me just a little while. Speak to your precious people. God, that we might hear from heaven and understand and realize, God, how real it is today. How real and close it is, Lord, that we're on our way there. So, Father, you bless the reading of thy word. Bless thy servant. Let me speak to your precious people and encourage them in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. <coughs> heaven is a real place. It's not a myth. Amen. It's not a parable. It's a real place. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. So if he's going to prepare a place for you, listen, it's got to be heaven. Heaven is a place that Jesus is preparing for a prepared people. The trouble of it is, we're not prepared to meet God. When we stand and meet Him, listen, He's going to look at you and I, and He's going to ask you a question. What did you do of my son Jesus? Are you with me? Say amen. A lot of us has heard about Him, read about Him, but we've never accepted Him as Lord and Savior of our life. Hey, if heaven's real, now listen to me, and you believe it in your heart that heaven's real, then we have to believe also that hell's a real place. And then we have to believe that we have a choice of heaven or hell. Are you with me? Say amen. I'm preaching on heaven today. I'm going to have to throw in a little hell to get you to understand heaven. Hell is a real place. Heaven's a real place. And you're going to spend eternity in one of those. And the choices you make, listen to me carefully, it's not the one choice you make. It's the choice you make every day of your life. You can't say, I got saved as nine-year-old and live like hell the rest of your life and expect to go to heaven. That ain't going to work, friend. God is looking for a prepared people for a prepared place. And if he's preparing a place, listen, he prepared the way. And if he prepared the way, guess what? He left you an instruction book to follow. And this book has not changed. Turn with me, if you will, in John chapter number 3 and verse number 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. 
the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Have you noticed he's already joined him with God? He's also said you can't do the things you do if God ain't with you. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Stay with me. Can he enter, notice this, the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Heaven has requirements. Heaven has requirements. You must be born again. It's simple, isn't it? I mean, I've had people over the years, Chris probably has too, uh, if I quit drinking, can I go to heaven? No. If I quit smoking, can I go to heaven? If I quit watching pornographic movies, can I go to heaven? No, friend. That don't give you the right to go to heaven. The Bible said you must be born again. Those that are going to heaven, amen, it's not just words. Are you with me? It's not just words that's been said, but it's a change in you. You must be born again. Jesus is referring to it as you're going to have to become a babe in Christ. A spiritual baby. And a spiritual baby in Christ Jesus, he said, when you become born again spiritually, then you begin to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The day I got saved, I didn't know as much as I know now. Amen. I just knew I was lost. I knew I needed to be saved. I knew I was going to hell if I didn't get saved. And I'll never forget a couple of weeks after I got saved, announced my calling to preach, and this may have happened to you also. Everybody and his brother come up with a question. Well, being born again don't make you an encyclopedia of God. That's where the growing in the grace and the knowledge comes in. I'd say, well, I don't know, but I'll look into the book and find out and get back with you. Amen. I mean, if you don't know, just tell them you don't know. And get in the book, hey, it's in the book. You'll find it if you look for it. But I thought, people think the instant you become saved, he said, born again. You become a baby. I mean, little Gunner, as smart as he is, he don't know everything. Little Ryder over here, a smart young and he don't know everything. The babies are running around here. All they know is baby things. What do you need to know this morning? You either need to know you're lost or saved. That's the first thing you need to know this morning. They come with all these questions. 
and it had nothing to do with their salvation. What most of the questions it was asked me was, was wanting to condone their sin. Amen. And when you don't condone their sin, they don't come back and talk to you much out of that. Amen. I'm being honest with you this morning. I can't condone sin. Why? Because I'm born again. Amen. I don't care if it's my young or your young, and I'm not condoning sin. Amen. A lot of people have fallen out with me over that. You oughtn't to be so rough on your children. Listen, hell's a terrible place for my children to wake up and say, Daddy didn't tell me about it. Amen. Turn to Revelation chapter number 20. A couple of scriptures in Revelation this morning. By the way, I can't hardly hear you, so you're going to have to say amen real loud. Take Dave out of the woodshed. Take him down to the baptizing hole. Revelation chapter 20 verse 15 and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Is that simple enough? There's a roll call. Amen. I'm going to help somebody or hurt them one. When that roll is called up yonder will they call your name? Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. You may have got saved when you was young, but have you lived since then? Maybe you backslid completely out of the will of God. Oh, that can't happen. Well, what did Moses say? Lord, if you can't forgive them, then blot my name out. So if it wasn't possible, why would he ask to blot his name out? Amen. Let's don't argue about once saved, always saved. I want to ask you a question. How are you living today? Are you right with God today? For today is the day of salvation. If God found you right now and brought you into the valley of death, how would he judge you? How would he look upon you? I mean, have you paid your tithes? Have you been to church? Have you prayed? Have you read your Bible? Have you asked God forgiveness? Every day. Not once in your lifetime, but every day. Now think about this. If there's a roll call, somebody's going to be missing. The rich man in hell lifted his eyes. Are you with me? His name wasn't on the roll in heaven. The Bible said in hell he lifted his eyes. Now notice something else. Read that scripture with me again if you would. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The rich man was cast. He wasn't welcomed. Now notice something else about the rich man. There was a great gulf fixed between heaven and hell. Hell could see heaven, but heaven could not see hell. Are you with me? Now I'll tell you something. How many likes window shopping? I don't. I do not like window shopping. 
because I can't afford it. I walk by and I, I get the big eyes and say, boy, I'd like to have that. And I go in here and I say, well, you can't afford it. I don't like window shopping. I don't want them to put something on display that I can't have. And that's what hell is doing today. They're window shopping. And they'll never have it. What are you talking about? They'll never have heaven, but they'll always get to look at it. I'll tell you something. Have you ever seen a hamburger pitcher, an ice cream pitcher, a cake pitcher, any kind of pitcher they make of food? It's perfect, isn't it? I've often wondered, you know, they show that big thick hamburger on television. It's that thick, you know. Man barely can't hold it. And you go up there and get it and it's slapped together. You can't see nothing but the bread. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking of that picture and I'm thinking, wait a minute, I got cheated. Where's that pretty hamburger at? Well, it was till that that worker went, throwed it out to me. Isn't that terrible that people in hell can see heaven? And can never, ever, under any circumstances, get there. Are you with me this morning? Heaven's a real place. Hell's a real place. There's a roll call going to be called. Which side will your name be on? Welcome or depart? They come over the intercom, you know, when you're going on a trip and you're flying. And they'll say, Flight 537 now departing, all on board please. And a few men say a holler, Dennis Hensley, flight 537 is leaving with you or without you. I'll never forget sitting in Atlanta one time, they kept calling this guy's name, calling his name. He was sitting right beside of me. And the stewardess finally come over because she seen his ticket. And said, sir, he said, oh, I didn't hear you. And I'm thinking, he's a Baptist. <laughs> he's a Baptist. I heard it. Because our whole group, there's 32 of us, we was looking around trying to see, you know. Then every once in a while, you'll see one of them come running down the hallway. And I'm talking about a hallway that's half a mile long down in Atlanta. And they're trying to get there before they close that door. Hey, they'll give three or four hollers. They really will. A lot longer than I'd give you. Amen. They want you on board. They want you flying. You think Jesus don't want you to go to heaven? Then why did he die? Why was he crucified? Why did he arose? Why did he come back? Why was he going to prepare a place if he didn't want you to go there? So have you heard your roll call this morning? Revelation number 19, if you will, just back up just a little, verse number 7. said, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. You know you're the bride, right? And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, 
For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Are you with me? Amen. I want to tell you something. I don't care how good a bath you took this morning. You're dirty. Have you ever noticed, no matter how many times you take a bath and clean yourself, you'll still have ring around the collar. You know why? That's that dirt bag you live in. When you get dirt wet, it makes mud. And mud makes a ring around the collar. Amen. I'm glad one of these days I'm going to get a robe of white. I'm going to get a righteous robe because he's righteous, not me. Ain't a thing I've done that's worthy of being white as snow. Not one thing other than accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That's the only thing that I can say this morning that makes me worthy to go to a place called heaven is his righteous robe on me. I'm covered by his blood. Why? Because I ask him to cover me. Are you with me? Say amen. Now turn back, if you will, in 1 Peter. 1 Peter, chapter number 1. 1 Peter, chapter number 1, verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Are you with me? Say amen. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. I have to ask you this morning, have you got your reservation? Isn't that a good question to ask? Have you made reservations? Has anybody ever went to a motel and said, I need a room to say, you got reservations? We're booked up. We're booked. You know when the roll is called up yonder, that's all that's getting in. Those that made reservations. If you hadn't made a reservation, you can go knock on that door all you want. You can scream and cry and kick and moan and groan. Say, I went to church. I preached. I, I was a deacon. I, I sang in the choir, paid my tithes. I prayed. I baptized. Done all of those things. And he's still going to say, depart, I never knew you because you don't have a reservation. It's reserved. I heard a preacher when I first got saved now this ain't no good. I want you to know that right up front. God forgive me for what I thought. I hadn't been saved long. Still had a lot of the flesh. And this guy said, there's a lot of people going to heaven whether they want to or not. I thought, you're an idiot. There ain't nobody going to heaven that don't want to go. Oh yeah, they got saved when they was five or six and they're going to heaven. No matter what they've done, no matter how they've acted, they're going to heaven whether they like it or not. The flesh got up in me and I thought, if I had you, I'd choke you. Right? I mean, why would you even say such stupid things? It's going to be for a prepared people that's made reservations to go. 
And if your name is not on that roll, it'll never be called to enter that city. So you ought to make sure that you have reservation. Now hold on a minute. How many has ever called back that made a reservation to make sure they still had your reservation? Maybe you need to make another call to make sure your reservations are sure and secure. Oh, preacher, you have to do that? Well, you don't have to, but it sure will be a good suggestion this morning if you just check. Make sure you got a room already reserved for you. Listen, he said, I am preparing a place. Who's he preparing for? For the people that's on the reservation roll. Heaven has a certain dimension. It's in the Bible. 1,500 mile cubic. Are you with me? 1,500 up, 1,500 wide, 1,500 down, 1,500 deep. Cube. Hell has to enlarge itself just to make room for it. You ain't got to have a reservation to go there. It'll expand and enlarge. But heaven has never expanded. Now stay with me with this thought. Think about this. When it's all reserved up, what's going to happen? Go get my children. One of these days, there's going to be a church service or somebody in a driveway or driving down the road somewhere and they're going to call on the name of Jesus and the Lord said, that is it. And we're out of here. Now listen, I've read the rest of the book. And either we're out of here, it gets bad. My boss man, Troy Penley, bless his heart. Thank God for him. I'd be asleep in that old truck and we'd be going to Charlotte or Inman, South Carolina or Canton, somewhere a couple hours away. And I'd just almost get to sleep and he'd say, you might ought to wake up, you might have to drive. The rapture might happen and I ain't going to be here. Try to go to sleep out of that one. Yeah. Lay your head back and say, okay, I'm watching. You can't sleep if you're lost like that. He never crack a smile, just calm, gently say that. I think, I want to kill you. I need this couple hours now before we get to work. But you know, in the evening, I couldn't say nothing to him to keep him awake. He drove in the morning, I drove back in the evening. He'd snore like a brake train on the way home. And I thought, why can't you let me do that? See, he is wanting me to get prepared. Amen. He wanted me to make a reservation. He done had his ticket. Thank you, Troy Penley, wherever you're at. (laughs) I still want to choke you. But I love him. I thank God for him. 1 Corinthians, if you will. Chapter number three. I'm trying to hurry. If you get done before I do, you can leave. Just know this. I'll call your name as you're going out the door. First Corinthians chapter three, verse number 11. The Bible said unto you and I, 
For other foundations can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Stay with me. Are you with me? Aren't you already getting the picture? Buddha can't get you to heaven. Mohammed can't get you to heaven. None of these others can. Joseph Smith can't get you to heaven. They all died and they're still dead. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. Are you with me? And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Listen. Heaven is a place that's going to reward you. I see I done lost everybody. Everybody's through. Heaven is a place that's going to reward you. Are you with me? See, hell, you, you die and die and never ever get through dying. But in heaven you live and live and never ever get through living. You're never hungry. You're never hot. You're never cold. You're never sick. You never go to a funeral. Amen. There's no preaching over there. That's enough for most of you to want to go right there, ain't it? It's just all praising. Let me ask you one question and I'll move on to the last point. If God rewarded you right now for what you've done for Him, how big would your reward be? C.A. Hensley was on his deathbed and Brother Dean Orangeby and I went down there. Brother Dean and I knew him very well. He loved us both. We asked him a question. Uncle A, what would you do if you could do some over? He said these words to Dean and I, I wished I had done more for my Lord. He pastored six churches in his lifetime. He had six children he raised. He also had businesses. He was a logger. He was a sawmiller. He crushed gravel. He done a lot of things. And, and my mind would have thought, carnally speaking, that maybe he wanted a bigger sawmill or a, something worldly. But see, when it comes down to death, we wished we had done more. Amen. See, his reward was not in the money in the bank or the land or, or the sawmill or whatever he had. His reward was in what he had done for the Lord Jesus Christ. And see, when it come down to the end of life's way, we feel like we've come short. Well, the Bible says we have. We've sinned and come short of the glory of God. So if our reward was merited on what we do, we're not going to get much. I'm glad it's based on what he did. The only thing I've done worth a nickel was accept him. Amen. Because my reward, the Bible said, is as filthy rags what I've done. Are you with me? All right, Philippians. 
chapter number 2, and we'll close. Verse number 9. The Bible said, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every, notice this, knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Are you with me? Say amen. (coughs) Heaven has a ruler. Do you? Who's ruling your life? Let me close this message in this way. A dope addict is controlled by dope. I don't care a good friend of mine, I won't mention his name, but I said, what happened to you? He said, preacher, let me tell you the truth. This was a man that looked like death eating a bologna sandwich. And he was flesh and did sing for the glory of God. He hadn't been in church in quite a while. He said, I took it one time. And it took me. In other words, I took it one time, but it took lordship over me. It became my ruler. He said, all I wanted to do was work to buy more of it. Then it got to where he had done so much of it, he was taking money for work and wasn't doing the work. And he told me, he said, I do five to $10,000 a week sometimes. And I thought, boy, you really have a ruler, don't you? I said, son, why don't you quit? He said, preacher, you can't just quit. I don't know what, how to explain that because I've never been there. But I've seen it. I've seen alcohol do the same thing. I've seen people got hung up on porn the same way. I've seen, now you may not believe it, I've seen people get hung up on making money. I mean all their whole thought pattern and everything they do was how can I make another dollar? How can I make another dollar? How can I make another dollar? Every move they made was towards making another dollar. And it became their ruler. Heaven's got a ruler. His name is Jesus Christ. The Lord said every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess it. Can I tell you something today, church, and those that are listening by the airways? You're going to confess him, Lord, whether you want to or not. So wouldn't you rather confess him as Lord of your life and live for him and do the best you can and get the rewards that have to confess him and not get any reward at all. Maybe you've never had this, but I have. My precious daddy whipped me one time, and it was not me. I'm telling the truth now, I ain't lying. It was my younger brother. Well, daddy whipped me, and I kept saying, Daddy, I didn't do it. And he kept whipping me that much more. I didn't have enough sense to shut up. 
he just kept with me. He said, son, you done it. You might as well confess it. He whipped me and whipped me and whipped me and whipped me. And my younger brother was peeping around the corner going, <laughs> honestly, I thought, when daddy gets through killing me, I'm going to kill you. I'm getting an unjust reward, but you fixing to get a just reward. You could have stepped out and told daddy you'd done it and saved me from almost dying, but you didn't love me enough to do that, brother. But see, Jesus loved you enough. He let himself die for you. He was guiltless. Well, I didn't get Randy that day. It took me a day or two to heal up. But I got him. And I said that to say this. One day we'll get our just reward. Because God knows the very intent of our heart. Not what our mouth says. But he knows the intent of our heart. So you can't say that God judged you unfairly. You can't stand before the gates of heaven and hear the words depart I never knew you and say, wait a minute God, that's wrong. Because his reward is just. So you may want to think about where you're living this morning and what you're doing what you've been doing to make sure heaven's going to be your home. I only could say one thing to you this morning. Heaven or hell, it's your choice. Heaven or hell, it's your choice. Is your life proving right now that you're going to heaven? Not that you got saved years ago, but you're ready right now. Come pray with these that's coming. Some are coming. What about you this morning?